I, I actually, Richard, one of the things that you don't know about me is I used to look at successful people when I was young and think I can do that better. I was competing against myself in that I don't want to give up, I have to be persistent, I have to keep turning up, I have to achieve this, I have to work hard, I have to deliver this assignment, I have to learn this course, I have to, and, and, and it was more, it was more me versus me. You're crazy. Nobody in my family's ever been to university. No Doherty ever has been in the third level education. We don't do that. That's for the middle class. At that time, when you're stood there in that situation, you're seeing them taking these mm. cars around a low loader or you're having to move the family that, you know, going back to, you've got your child born, I have to, you know, I have to grow up now, I have to provide. Yeah. And the house you provided for your family being taken away. Do you want me to tell you the real, the, the, the honest truth? Gary Doherty, a young entrepreneur story of somebody from a young age who built up a property empire, felt they were at the top of their game, had it all, went and then bought an estate agency to continue to boost and build their property empire, and then the credit crunch hits, and you lose it all, and you're stood on your front lawn watching your cars being lifted onto low loaders and taken away, your house being repossessed, and you're left with nothing. How did he feel about that? What drives him to carry on and start again? This is Gary Duckett's story. My name's Richard Osborne, and this is Drive, the small business podcast from UKBF. Um, so, getting started. Gary, hello. Hello. The, um, so, just to, I'd like to um, get an understanding of what sparked your interest in business and sort of where that uh, stems from because sometimes when talking to people they'll you know they will turn around and quote something from their childhood or you know something they're trying to sort of dig out of uh, but I imagine you started somewhere after that because yeah. you had a stable uh, upbringing if I'm if I understand correctly yeah, 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 yeah. My very normal upbringing, stable upbringing. Sister, mother, uh, father, both worked, you know, 95. Uh, nothing dramatic happening, thank God, um, and so on and so forth. I suppose when my mind started to open up that led me into business was when was when I became a father. Was, yeah. when, was when I became a father, and I'm going to say probably grew up overnight. And, uh, and, and I started to think that I need to, at that stage, I wasn't thinking business, but what I was thinking was I need to maximize my potential, uh, in terms of earning potential to provide for a family. So, because I had been brought up in the, from uh, a father who's very hard working that said, get a job, X amount of pounds, stay in it, stay in it for life and provide for your family. So I, I started to think I need to start doing this. Um, and that, that was when my mind opened up, which actually led me to uh, business. So it was, it was really then, but what actually led me to business was more uh, working in um, retail and meeting people like property investors, entrepreneurs, local business owners. And that's where, this, that's where it actually sort of started to materialize, if that makes sense. That that uh, intrigued me when I read that because you was um, a sales manager in a retail store sort of selling sort of the white kitchen goods and sort of utilities yeah. like that 
and you met uh, somebody who ran an estate agency, is that right? Yeah, 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 that's right. I met him, he was in and out regularly buying white goods for rental properties and so on and so forth. And at that time, it was about 2006-ish, 2005, 2004 maybe at that time. And the property boom, uh, if you can recall at that stage, the property yeah. was through the roof and there was 100% mortgages and people were, banks were throwing money and properties were flipping and turning over and making a lot of money. And, and as I said, my mind had been triggered to maximize my potential before that. And when I started to see, I suppose subconsciously, I was open to opportunity. And then when I started to see this property game and I started to see, it seemed like little risk. Sure, you're getting 100% of, you can get 100% mortgage, Gary, for a house that's going to be worth 50K more in six months. Right, okay. Why is everybody not doing this? And, uh, so and this, um, you know? so the, estate, the guy you met when he was doing this, presumably um, he was dealing with rental property yeah. and buying products yeah. um, and sort of, that would furnish that property. And you obviously built up a relationship with this guy. Yeah. Um, I'm interpreting from what you're saying that he was sort of sharing like what was going on and literally yeah, yeah. this is like a gold mine kind of environment yeah. where people are making a lot of money then. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, I remember, we all remember that time, you'd buy a house, you'd live in there for a couple of years, and all of a sudden you'd made tens of thousands of pounds that you'd put down and people were moving yeah. through there. Um, the We can move on to what come next, but how um, the, I'm, in my mind's eye, I'm picturing a guy who's really almost like Wolf of Wall Street kind of thing, sort of like really sending this sort of like amazing wealth vision. Yeah. Is that a pretty accurate picture? Uh, semi, yeah. It, it's like very quickly. I I had bought my own house uh, a year prior to that. I had bought my first home, <coughs> and um, I had aspirations to move to a bigger and better and nicer and fresher and newer property. So I suppose that all materialised at that time when I was in that mindset to 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 move up the property ladder again. As I was moving up the property ladder, I was also acquiring by lets. So I was do I was sort of growing in the two areas at the same time, and um, yeah, I was very very hungry for that. Within thirty six months, acquired. Uh, I had a partner then came on board after a few, but after about thirty six months, we maybe had thirty plus properties. Wow! So that's a pretty rapid growth at that point, mm. um, and uh, to, to coin a phrase, you'd become a property entrepreneur in your own right at yeah. there. Yeah. And you bought the estate agency from this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, looking back, it was uh, no regrets, but it was a bad decision, of course, bad business decision. But it all it ultimately led to better things for me and a better place and a better outlook in life and a better comeback uh, and so on and so forth. So it was all all for a reason. However, that looking at that decision singularly. It was a poor business decision because that nothing lasts forever. Everything has a cycle. But now we, we we know these things. Even life, even life has a cycle. We come and we go, and 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 nobody could see when the when the property was going to become, go off the edge of the cliff and go this way. So, um, but the guy we're talking about intuitively must have seen his seals dropping and seen different signs and decided to get out which was quite clever and i decided to get in which wasn't so clever uh, 
And uh, but it is what it is. I don't no regrets. No, but when you um, if we talk about that sort of period of time and sort of um, sort of picture sort of what the environment was like, mm -hmm. the so it, you'd you'd obviously met this guy had the, an opportunity present itself for you'd become a a, a property investor. Mm -hmm. The I imagine so you know sort of fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. uh, that what that environment was like at the time, particularly with hundred uh, percent mortgages, mm -hmm. the you must have been mortgaged to the hill, uh, and sort of expanding and expanding these uh, properties at that you know the, your portfolio at that time. Is that an accurate picture? Just to sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it started, it started off hundred percent mortgages, but then obviously when we had equity and properties, we were able to we were able to flip property. We flipped some properties. We had cash deposits. Then we had eighty percent mortgages and so on and so forth. So our property portfolio was reasonably, you know, it was healthy enough. It was healthy enough. Um, um, there was probably like an excess of one million pound equity. Um, and the properties and on the current valuations um, and and so it was okay it was okay it was doing well um, in hindsight in hindsight we grew too quick had too much uh, risk uh, and it was mortgaged too much but then you said you say that you say it was mortgaged too much but if it, happened, it doesn't go off the end of the cliff then you're not <laughs> no. So, so what was your life like at that point in time? When you're looking, you mentioned a few moments ago that you know you're you've become a dad. Your um, it's a, a light bulb moment's gone on. You're sort of looking to to, to provide. I can it's something I can relate to. You know, I, my children are seventeen and eight, uh, twenty now. So they, uh, but I remember my first child, my daughter being born, and that the at that point the. Um, I just remember the burden I felt on my own shoulders that uh, I've got a responsibility. I've got to provide. I, you know, I am the provider here, so yeah. I, I can it's sort of relate to that feeling at that point. You, you've, your portfolio is growing. You've, you're, you're amassing this wealth. Uh, what is your life like? At that precise moment of time, um, my life, my life at that time was quite. When I, when I, at the, in the moment. It felt yeah. like everything I touched turned to gold. It felt like everything was, there was, there was no end to this. It was like, this is infinity, like you've made it type of thing. And, and, and uh, that artificial, it was an artificial, when I look, when I look back, it was a very artificial uh, uh, bubble that I was in. Um, but I didn't know that then, of course. Um, but I, but I look back. It was temporary. It was artificial. It was, it wasn't forever. It wasn't the norm. It wasn't normal life. It was a freak time for the industry, and I was in the middle of that freak, you know, bubble. And um, and so, so life, you know, you can do what you want when you want, have what you want when you want, and and when you're when you're younger, and that's what you've been striving for, and then you're experiencing it. Um, I didn't make great choices. I wasn't the best version of me I don't believe I was I I probably developed a bit of chip on my shoulder you know I didn't need help I didn't need advice I knew best I was the creator of this magic when really I wasn't I was a passenger in in an opportunity um, and and I I don't know just ego run away you know on I don't know I was young and immature and not ready 
and not ready, not prepared for it, maybe emotionally or mentally. And um, I wasn't the best version of myself. I wasn't the worst version, but I wasn't the best version. And um, a lot of mistakes were made, things bought, money spent, uh, relationships not nurtured, um, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's a funny time in my life, that, Richard, because there was so much, um, so much good in terms of breakthroughs and excitement and new new opportunity and freedom of choices and so on but I suppose mentally and emotionally it was arguably the worst time in my life yeah the um you uh, what, two questions really I'll start with one so when you say relationships not nurtured mm. I'm making the assumption here family uh, not yeah, yes prop I would say family impacted but I'm talking about just generally speaking. Just generally speaking, you know, I wouldn't have been listening to friends for advice the way I would now. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have um, valued a mentor the way I do now. No. I wouldn't have um, looked for any, looked at it, benchmarked against anybody or, or, or been motivated and inspired by anybody. You know, I, I, was, I was the guy that, was, do, that was, was making all this magic happen. When, as I say, I really, I wasn't. But in my mind, I, I, I was this sort of maverick and everything I touched turned to gold. And so I suppose I just wasn't a good person in any... I was a good person, but not a fantastic at maintaining my friendships and things like that because I was so driven, so solo, so my own man. I'm on this journey. This is... I'm relentless. You know, and, and when yeah. you don't take time to have the coffee with a friend you went to school with, you don't take time to jump on a, you know, on a call with a friend that you, that you really value. You don't take time to ask other people, are they okay and what can you do for them? I just wasn't, I wasn't enriching in other people's lives the same as I do now. So you've reached that stage, you've, yeah. you've got, you've amassed this wealth, you've got this lifestyle, uh, you, you hindsight's a wonderful thing and you say in hindsight perhaps buying the estate agency wasn't the yeah. best uh, maneuver but you acquired another business as well so you're literally expanding your empire mm. and then a period of time which we all remember hit where the uh, credit crunch hit hit um, lots of toxic debt crashed the economy um, what happened for you I was spending money like nobody's business. It was always, I had to have the next deal to top up positive cash flow that wasn't tied up in property. So I was spending, 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 spending frivolously all the time. Yeah. And, and, and when you don't, when you don't, when you're not liquid cash rich for a rainy day, when that day comes and then you have to move a property on to raise money, but yet that property's dropped in value and it's now in negative equity, then you have a problem. Then multiply that by thirty odd properties. You have a big problem, you know. So, uh, and that's where I found myself. And the next deal is not coming. The next deal is not coming. The, the the well the taps off, and you haven't accumulated any savings. You haven't invested. You haven't uh, spent wisely. You haven't multiple streams of income, which we all know to be so important. Um, no, um, and so yeah. It was it was just a time where 
the 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 best way I could describe it to you is the light the the, the switch went off the tap the tap turned off the well was dry, and um, it was a, ma a case of damage limitation at that stage. And what did that look like? Damage limitation. Damage limitation looked like you know. Firstly, asking for help that I hadn't yeah. asked for for as I said, I knew everything. I knew best, of course. You know when you're doing so well. Why do you need to ask for help? You should, you know, you are the help. And and so I was, I went back to my father. What will I do? And 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 we went through. We went to a, a, an insolvency solicitor, and we looked at everything and looked at the landscape and decided that was the best course of action. So we went through an insolvency um, procedure, in which which materialized in August two thousand and nine, and that materialized in. Uh, properties going back to the lenders, it it materialised in my own home being taken off me, it materialised in three, four cars in the driveway being taken away in low loaders, it materialised in entering into X, Y and Z agreement and the attempt to pay, you know, some money off and hold on to some things, but ultimately everything went, everything went in the end up, but I'm glad it did, I'm glad it did, I'm glad it did. The, um at that time, when you're stood there in that situation, you're seeing them taking these mm. cars around a low loader, or you're having to move the family that, you know, going back to, you've got your child born, I have to, you know, I have to grow up now, I have to provide, yeah. and the house you provided for your family being yeah. taken away. Yeah. The, um, what did that feel like at that moment in time? Where was your mindset do you want me to tell you the real the, the, the honest truth yeah relief yeah relief because I re it was at that point Richard I realised the falseness and the artificial nature of what I had accumulated it wasn't forever it couldn't be it wasn't sustainable it wasn't reoccurring sustainable income over time it was I hadn't developed a business model like that. I was leveraging debt and banks' money left, right, and center. And it wasn't, I hadn't used, I hadn't the ability or the knowledge or the wisdom to use the money I made to create a space where I actually had real money and not debt I was leveraging left, right, and center. So I, hadn't, I had the ability to make money but not use it wisely. Uh, uh, so, so, um, I felt relief was the first feeling, and the second. Do you think if you when you say relief, yeah, the um, do you think then that perhaps whilst you was on this um, journey previously, whether you felt it consciously or subconsciously, out of debt, out of your debt, to then have that feeling of relief afterwards, that the pressure that you put may have not even realised he was feeling beforehand, you were now mm. having lifted from you. Don't think out, out of depth wouldn't be the right thing. I think if the, right, the terminology would be more about my own self-worth. Yeah. Didn't feel worthy of maybe the success. You know, right. maybe maybe like a self-image issue where it, not, not, not about out of my depth. I felt very much, like as I said, felt, I, felt, I felt I belonged there. I, I actually, Richard, one of the things that you don't know about me is 
I used to look at successful people when I was young and think I can do that better. Right. I used to I used to see very successful people doing things, and it wasn't an ego thing at that age. It was just like I can't believe they're so successful. Like I, if I had that business, I would be doing this better and that better, and I I would I would always see things and efficiencies and think I can do that much better. I know I can. So I felt I belonged at that at that success or in terms of my ability, let's say, but. And in terms of actually the relief, it's more, it was more maybe about a poor self-image, you know, which goes back, which goes deeper and goes into, and, into, into childhood. And it goes, even though I had a normal childhood, it wouldn't have been one with a high level of emotional intelligence, let's say, you know, it's, you know, there wouldn't have been too many pats in the back. There wouldn't have been too many, uh, instances of instilling belief. And, and, and you, so it was more that I was learning to believe in myself on the go. And at that moment, I still was on a journey of personal development. And I think it was a relief in that I knew I still had a lot of work to do on me as a person, as a human being. Okay, that's very self-aware. <clears throat> yeah, so that's where I was. The, so when you're having these taken away, mm. um, you got some advice from your father-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some man, um, he's he's no longer with us, but he'll always be with us, you know. Um, he said to me, he said to me, Gary, you have two choices. You can either basically sink or swim. You can squander the rest of your life, turn to drink and whatever. Um, he said, or you can, um, uh, you can get it. He said the one thing that you're lacking is an education. He said, an education is what you're lacking. An education on its own isn't all the answers. But when you have the ability and you have that entrepreneurial spirit and you have that purpose and you have that family and you have everything to do for it, that's the one thing that you're actually missing is those those ticking those boxes academically, which will give you confidence, will give you the understanding of the rationale behind some of the decisions that you're intuitively making. And, and when he said it originally, I thought, you're mad. You're crazy. Nobody in my family has ever been to university. No Doherty ever has been in a third level education. We don't do that. That's for the middle class. That ma and I had a stereotype in my head because I had no pathway, Richard. Nobody had done it before. Nobody had done it before. So when he planted that seed with me, I was like, you're mad, crazy. But he planted the seed with me and it grew. Uh, so what, what changed then? At what point did it turn from you're mad to actually, do you know what, I'm going to do this? Very quickly. Very quickly, um, he said that to me in the August, and I can tell you in the September, I enrolled for a business degree um, as a mature student part time, and um, no, a mature student full time, and so it, very quickly within a matter of weeks, because what I did, unbeknownst to him, was when he planted that seed, I slept on it. Maybe within forty eight hours, I started to think, okay, let's gently explore this and see. So I, 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 I rang for a prospectus on degrees. They posted, at that time, they posted me out the hard copy of all the different things they offered. I then said, well, listen, if I was to do that, how would it be funded? Because remember, I've lost everything. And then there was funding options. So then the, the, the more I investigated and explored, Richard, the more the door opened. And, and the pathway opened in front of you and you yeah. did study. So, so how did that, you know what were your next sort of few years like your, your sort of journey there 
my, my journey there for the next five years, it turns out, by the way, five years, approximately just under five, I became obsessed. Like everything I do in life that I'm all in with and I truly believe in, I wanted to achieve at university like my life depended on it. And there's a reason for that, because it did. In my mind, my life did. My family's life did depend on me succeeding at university. So so I, I was the least academic person in the room, full of all these super duper, you know, people that were super clever. And, and, and I was, but guess what? I was the hardest working. I was there early. I stayed late. I, I worked like, um, like an animal because I wanted it like nobody else in that room. Yeah. Honestly, I did um, and, I, and I achieved it. Do you think that is quite a common sort of environment for somebody who comes from uh, you, you said you had this stereotype, uh, this sort of this perception between sort of middle class and sort of the working class. Yeah. And if you've got, if whichever path you've taken, where the journey's taken you to a point where you're competing against people who you have this perception who have just there easier, you have to fight harder. Mm. What do you what do you what do you mean? What, the, um, what? I, I'm I'm just trying. To, I'm, I'm you hear a lot about it. Whether it's uh, it can be from minority groups, underprivileged women in business, which I know is something that you're passionate about. Yeah. yeah. So when yeah. you've got uh, groups of people who are in an environment where the typically are not in. So it could be within a boardroom environment. It could be within going into a workplace environment, or in your case, going into a university where nobody in your family's gone to before. So you've not yeah. had that pathway in front of you. You instinctively feel that you've got to fight harder and push yourself harder in that environment to keep up or compete. Do you think? Yeah, that's part I, of that? I, I, um, not my instance, but I take your point. My answer, I'll, t I'll tell you what I what I now realize to be to be to be what it actually is. I'm one of those people that that I I never ever ever was competing against anybody in that room. I was competing against myself, right? I I, I was competing against uh, against myself in that I don't want to give up. I, ha I have to be persistent. I have to keep turning up. I have to achieve this. I have to work hard. I have to deliver this assignment. I have to learn this course. I have to, and 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 it was more. It was more me versus me. There might have been a slight chip on my shoulder in terms of the 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 ageist thing because I would have been the oldest person in the room and all that. And I was like, maybe, maybe there's a, a small element of I'll show them, you know, that type of thing. There might be a small element of that, but and what I know now from my own journey is one of the traits of highly successful people, right? And my self-worth, as you'll get from my conversation and my language now, is what it should be. You know, I've worked so hard on my own self-image and my own self-worth and what I deserve to achieve in life and all the rest of it. And I am a successful person, as are you and, and anybody listening to this. You know, success is within you. It's a choice you make. In your in your own self and 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 I I realize that very successful people are they've got a stickability they've got a persistence they've got a drive they become obsessed somewhat with what they're doing they're very very focused 
very disciplined when something's got their attention that they know that is for them and it's part of their purpose and their mission and vision in life they 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 give it a lot of attention and a lot of energy and that's what i was intuitively doing then and subconsciously doing then i was showing a trait of a of a person that can and will and does and is achieving success in life because i've interviewed so many successful people uh, since then so i happen to know that without a shadow of a doubt that that is one of the traits of people that achieve success in life absolutely I, that's what I was doing then, intuitively. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, this, you, you, you've meant you, you spoke to people. You know, we've both spoken to people who have these sort of uh, uh, journeys or whatever they're going on. They get a bit yeah. in their teeth, and they almost tenaciously will go at something because it, it's to uh, almost sort of quote you from earlier. It's almost like their life depends on it. They're they're going for it. They, because it does. Yeah. Because it does. Yeah. My, my life my life depends on this Richard even today and and we have achieved X y and Z over the last while and uh, my life I, I, I approach everything like my life depends on it I was up at silly o'clock this morning UK time on a zoom to Australia to a potential client you know because my life depends on it yeah you know it does I didn't come this far to only come this far I came this far to to, to, to keep going. And what did when you you went through that course, which you said was five years? What did that yeah. open up, and what uh, was it for the next stages? Because um, well, in fact, to lead to what you're doing now didn't really lead to what I'm doing now. But I'll tell you what it did do. It fulfilled me as a man. It it was part of my personal development journey more than my entrepreneurial journey. It gave me. Fulfillment, joy, satisfaction, belief. It it showed me anything was pretty much anything's possible, bar learning to fly rockets to the moon. You know, it 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 showed me that it gave me belief. It gave me a mindset and a belief system that I take into other walks of life. That's what it gave me. Not I don't remember one single module that I did really and what I learned from it. You know, believe it or not. But it, it, it's more what it done for me personally. It was part of my 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 personal development journey. That's the big that's that that's the biggest thing I could tell you. It just made me it like I still have the certificates, I have them up here in the wall today. I have one down there that's not on a wall yet in a new office that I'm in. And it just you know, I look at them and it's just a reminder to me that anything's possible and I take that into different walks of life now. So that's what it more did for me than anything, to be honest. I'm Other people that. might I'm taking that as um, the 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 success and win you needed. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I'm one of those people, Richard. I need, not even need. I want to be progressing all the time. I'm a lifelong learner. That's that's one of the things I've 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 always been interested in the next thing, in the new thing. Even when even when lockdown happened, I did a Zoom crash course in the first week to learn how to do webinars and uh, things very quickly, and then I did, and then people were paying me to show them. You know, it was crazy, but you know, I've always had that in, inquisitive mindset. You know, even when you were t on, on Twitter talking about this, I reached out to you. Yeah. You know, so it's that I've always had that. What's that? You know, could I add value there? And you never know who would listen to this that I would then connect with or help or support. And, you know, that 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 mindset has served me well. Yeah. And the 
coming out of the uh, course, you you took a mm. took a job working uh, like a an employed job before you yeah. then set up uh, Think Network. Um, yeah. I'm going to jump that part for a minute because one of the things uh, really intrigued me, and I'm I, I know I'm yeah. jumping ahead, but it's what okay. um, when I look at some of the things that you've done mm. with Think Network. I'm if you've sort of looked and follow some you know you mentioned the Twitter is I'm devotedly passionate about uh, supporting young people um, particularly ones who are disengaged ones who are going through various difficulties uh, not engaging in education maybe sort of falling through the cracks and just from my own personal experience how business can help them get on the right track. So you have organizations like, for instance, Trust, which is fantastic, but you yeah. um, set up a TEDx studio working with and supporting young enterprise within that as well, mm. which really jumped out at me. Uh, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, young enterprise was, um, young enterprise in Northern Ireland are quite predominant in their work uh, in schools and helping people, you know, when they're entrepreneurial, planting the entrepreneurial seeds early in education. Yeah and and that that interested me and at that time i was doing a qualification that lent into that at, at university so i actually wanted i actually considered strongly about going into teaching and actually teaching entrepreneurship and teaching business and and my my degree and masters allowed me to do that so i i, I did a teaching qualification which i still have and i still could go and do this but um what i realized was I didn't want to be in that 95 role doing it. I, I wanted more freedom and creativity. But anyway, that's a side thing. Well, I found myself volunteering with Young Enterprise in the, in the local schools, yeah. um, helping, them, helping them with entrepreneurial projects, taking concept to uh, production, uh, product and then selling it. And I, and I got great satisfaction out of doing that, and I did that for a few years. I would go in once a week and talk to their GCSE and A-level, well, it was A-level students actually, um, and then work with them uh, on doing this. And I did that and we, had, we achieved some success and it was great. Um, so that was my first experience of Young Enterprise. But coincidentally, um, I would, after way after that, I would become involved with TED, the TED platform. And we came back together again. And, and I created a environment where we had a TEDx youth event that Young Enterprise sponsored and also helped in the lead up and the preparation of the students um, being coached and being ready and being prepared and their message and idea for the world. And then we had a, an event in the middle of lockdown when nobody said we could have it, we had it in a, a hybrid event in a studio that was live streamed with a socially distanced crowd and all this crazy stuff. but. I was determined to have it and let the opportunity pass. And we did, it was very successful. We created 19 uh, teenage TED speakers from my own city from the first time in history. First time ever. The second time in the island of Ireland. The first time in Northern Ireland's history. And um, with all the TED achievements I've had, and I've had many, and still have to this day, that's probably my proudest. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one that stood out as I was looking, as I was sort of obviously preparing for today. Yeah. And obviously that comes through um, and you have um, 
Think Network. What, um, what was the purpose behind that? So what led you to then effectively go back into running your own organization and the motivation behind doing Think Network? Yeah, it's interesting you ask that because it was about nine, ten years later and I supposed I suppose I needed that time to heal from the burning of the business and the the perceived failure and the loss and it felt like a bereavement almost, you know, when you lose that sort of you lose that significant part of your life and even though you were relieved at the time, it was still a something to heal from. So I suppose that journey of through education and being in 95 corporate jobs, different things I was doing, I that was a period of healing for me. That was a period of recalibrating and, and the entrepreneurial spirit never died in me but was never great enough to actually go into business or act on it. But time, time heals yeah. most things um, or it certainly dulls the pain on most things. Um, and I got to a stage I remember well, and I said this in a video that I've recorded to go out on my social media soon. I remember sitting on the sofa in a in a house, and I had a phone with me. Um, my grandson runs it. Well, there it is. There he's put it back in. Actually, very good. Um, it's a phone I had, and it's a, I don't know if you can see this, but it's a broken screen, a cracked screen at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, and I was on this phone, and I had no credit on it, and I was getting Wi-Fi. And I started to be on my phone thinking, there has to be more to life than this. Gary, you have, you have more to offer life than this. The same feelings I was thinking way back started to resurface. I can do more, be more. What about your potential? You have so much more to give. You know you have. I was nearly playing it safe for too long again, if that makes sense. I was working to get a wage where because before there was so much uncertainty and then you had no money and it dried up. So... I was starting to, the timing was right for me again and all the rest of it. And I started to think, what is it? I started to think about what I wanted. And I wanted more to be around more like-minded people. I wanted to be elevated and supported by other people. I wanted an environment where other people could be elevated and supported by other people. I wanted to go to a motivational speaking event. And whilst that's relatively normal now, it wasn't then. When I Googled that, there was none in Northern Ireland, ever, hardly. People did wee workshops here and there, but nothing like a Tony Robbins event or something that I had in my head. So I thought, I'm going to do this. And I started to think about my network. And that's where Think Network came up. I, I wanted people to think about the people that are of influence around them. Are they the right people? Are they people that are adding value to your life? Are they people that are lifting you? Are they people that are supporting you? Because they should be. And I started to create environments where those types of people came together and we had motivational and inspirational speaking events. And that's how the ball started to roll. That's how it rolled. And that was about four years ago. And you focused in particular, so we touched on it earlier, you focused on particular areas as well, which you're quite passionate about. So you mentioned sort of women in business and you've used your network to uh, elevate women within the business environment as well. Yeah, well, that, that 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 grew into that more when I was able to when I had more of a platform to be able to do that. At the start, it was themed events like resilience. Yeah. It was very much what I wanted, what I needed. Yeah. I was providing for myself 
and for other people then and it sort of grew it grew out of necessity and out of you know it's what i wanted to see in the world i love that because that is exactly how uk business forum started if i go mm -hmm. back to february 2003 i was sat in um, a kitchen on the little kitchen table that was probably no bigger than this a little two up two down in a uh, luton i was living and i had um, a toddler daughter and um I was just like, what What am I doing? Literally, I'm like, it's so hand-to-mouth. I'm trying to keep the business going and going. Yeah. Um, I've got a child. Um, my wife's supporting me being a business owner. And shit, have I made the right decision here? Do I need to get a job or something? Because um, And I had nobody around me to talk, so I just put up this website, um, lit, um, just an online forum that's what things were you know we didn't have the social media back then we do now and suddenly uh, there were there was hundreds then there were thousands then there were tens of thousands of people who were all in the same boat and um mm -hmm. I, for me i just put it put it online back then but creating an environment that started because of how i felt and how i you know what i needed yeah. and exactly yeah. as you say there um, as soon as you reach out as soon as you start talking um sort of having the I'd almost say being brave enough to go out and just say, me, um, the you find there are so many other people that are in that same situation, and when you can come together and support each other, exactly as you described in there, it's fantastic. Yeah. And, and when you're doing things like that, Richard, when you're doing it, you're doing it with so much passion and love and vigor, because because this is this is this is coming from deep inside you to do it. So you're not doing it just like another, like a like a like an income stream. Like say, for example, like you know that you've just decided to 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 endeavour into. This is like something you're really passionate about. Your purpose, you find your purpose and your calling, and then and then when you can monetize that, you're not you're not living your dream. You're living your reality. Yeah. You know you're living your dream and your reality at the one time, and um, that's that's the, that's where I find myself on today. Yeah. And uh, so where. Um... So, as it continues from there, where where are things now for you? Well, where things now are, um, we have uh, the business has evolved. We have many products, services, and offerings. We started off as a a, a free event uh, with twenty one people that turned up. Um, now we still do sporadic events, but they're more just feel good PR relevancy sort of events. It's like it's like, you know, I do them to, I do I do them to be still seen and heard myself. And whereas before they were part of the business model. They don't really I don't do them to make money now. We do them to 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 serve and to add value in our country. And we do them two, three, four times a year. Um but the business very quickly evolved evolved into the ambitious people or the people that wanted to grow and develop wanted to be seen and heard and we developed a, a PR company to help them be seen and heard and now I put ambitious individuals quite often with a purpose bigger than self, greater than self like myself um, into global media publications on a monthly basis and we're growing at a rapid rate, thank God. Okay. And where, um, and this is more for you, Sir, where are you heading? What, what's the what's the destination for you? Good question. Good question. I don't even know. No. I don't even I don't even know, and I don't want to know. Where's the fun in that? I want I want to grow my business 
to a level where I am providing a high level service globally to hundreds and hundreds of people. I am providing employment and opportunity for my family. I'm creating generational wealth for my family and my clients and that I can exit my business um, with a freedom of choices for the rest of my life in the next five years. Yeah. That's, but where, where that is, what that is, for me, Richard, I'll never stop. You know, it's it's what will I be doing is the question. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... So if you... If you reach that point, I think you've probably just start, somewhat answered that my next question there, and really, which the question is, when will you know you've made it? And uh, goodness, that's a good question, and 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 I'm I'm not sure I ever want to know. I'm not sure I ever want to feel like I've made it. No. I need. I'm a guy that needs to live. Like my life depends on it. And when you feel you've made it, you've lost that, you've lost that, you know, like my life depends on it attitude. And, you know, that's what gets me through life. That, that's what, that's what propels me through life is that, that, that ambition to do more, be more, improve, um, and so on and so forth. So I'm not sure I ever want to reach that point if I'm really, really, really honest. And it's, some people may find that quite sad, you know, or, 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 but it's the truth the truth and a lot of people I talk to are similar you know it's like you know I'm here to make a difference in life to other people my family and myself and I never want to feel like I truly made it like I falsely believed back in the day yeah you know what I mean I maybe that's maybe that's got something to do with my mindset I, I I felt I'd made it then and look what happened it's you know the the, re the reality of if it's not sustainable or done right, it can all be taken away. Last question to ask then is the in years to come when people look back at Gary, how would you want people to remember you? To tell you the truth, the only people I care about remembering me is my family, and and I fondly, yeah. and that does that's not disrespectful to people the public or people like yourself or anybody like that what i really want and this is part of my why in life and i'll give you an insight into, into me i want my family to be proud of me forever and my and, and even children to come that i'll never meet my children's children's children they be able to google to be able to go on YouTube and see the viral talks and the successes and the achievements and the accolades and the businessman of the year accolade above me in the middle to be bowl and you know I want them to go that was my my granda he was some man he changed the face of business in our family he 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 rose to the height at university and our family the only guy to ever do it before or since I want them to be proud of me forever I want to have people proud of me forever. Uh, that, and every confidence your family will be uh, you know so that's that's what i want richard i'm not really i want to have good relationships with people like yourself and people listening to this but the people that i care about what they actually think of me forever is the as my loved ones uh, that's, they will be no that's great thank you very much no. it's been great chatting to you thank you and thank you i appreciate you very much thank you 
I hope you enjoyed listening to this interview. Uh, please remember to hit follow on your podcast platform, whichever one that may be. It really helps the algorithm and push this podcast up through the rankings and also leave some feedback. Until next time, this is Drive, the small business podcast from UKBF.